Every people is held together by laws in some way. Families are held together by certain rules and laws. No dessert until you've finished your dinner. No staying up past nine o'clock. In my case, growing up, the one I hated the most, no cell phone until you turned 16. No touching dad's remote. Every family has different laws. John Adams, the, one of the founding fathers of the United States, said that we are a government of laws, not of men. Something that was used, a principle for the founding of the United States in the writing of the Constitution. It says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, dot, 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 do ordain and establish the Constitution. And so the Constitution, along with its 27 amendments, has become uh, the supreme law of the land for the United States. In our first reading today from uh, the book of Exodus, we hear from God's law. Now, God's law given to Moses was a special kind of law that formed a special kind of people a people who was chosen and formed by God, the people of Israel, to be a light to the nations. That special law is called a covenant. This covenant that God makes with the people of Israel through Moses was based upon this law called the Torah. The first five books of the Old Testament are where that can be found. Scholars of the law, Jewish scholars of the law, would later go back and try and pull together all the particular laws that could be found under this one uh, big law, the covenant law with Moses, and they came up with 613 particular laws called the mitzvot. Now, they also, to sort of put them into categories, saw that there were 248 positive laws, that is, you shall do this. And there were 365 negative laws. That is, you shall not do this. Now, they found this because it had uh, kind of a mnemonic device to it. Uh, for them, there were 248 parts of the human body, 248 bones. I don't know if that's medically accurate, but that's what uh, was the tradition then, and there were 365 days of the year. If you do the math, by the way, it adds up to 613 laws. What did that mean for them? Those laws were all summing up the great commandment found in the book of Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, meaning that you shall love the Lord with all of your body, all that you are, and love the Lord every day of your life. And so the scholars of the law in our gospel today test Jesus. They wanted to see what he thought was the greatest and the first commandment. Another way we might put it these days is asking Jesus, which of the amendments is the greatest in the Constitution? It was a controversial question that the scholars of the law, the lawyers, were asking Jesus. And he responds to them very simply. He says, 
we, the people of God, who are formed by me into a more perfect communion. In order to establish this greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and with all of your mind. And the second one is equal. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And everything, all of the laws, hang on this. Jesus is giving us more than simply a rule. He is forming us into a people, the people of God, surrounded and centered on this great law, the law of love. Every people is defined by what we take as the greatest law. And for Jesus, that's simple. It is the law of love. This is what the people of God are to be defined by, to be characterized by love. That gives us a different relationship to the world around us. It is sort of a third way, if you will. Sometimes the world that we live in can present to us only two possible options. You can either be on this side, or you can be on this side. And Jesus is giving us a new place to live, a new center of our lives. The earliest Christians knew this very well, and it defined how they lived and engaged in the world. I'd like to share a little bit from a homily that was written in the late second century, around the year 150 or so. And this is how they interpreted their engagement with the world. They write, Christians are indistinguishable from others by nationality, language, or customs. And yet, there is something extraordinary about their lives. They live in their own countries as though they were only passing through. They play their full role as citizens, but labor under all the disabilities of aliens. Any country can be their homeland, but for them, their homeland, whatever it may be, is a foreign country. They live in the flesh, but they are not governed by the desires of the flesh. They pass their days upon earth, but they are citizens of heaven. Obedient to the laws, they yet live on a level that transcends the law. It is by the soul enclosed within the body that the body is held together. And similarly, it is by the Christians, detained in the world as in a prison, that the world is held together. Jesus on the cross, the revelation of God's love, is what holds us together, what holds together this special people, the people of God. And so Jesus gives us this commandment so that it may touch upon every aspect of our lives, that all of our life hangs upon the one who hangs on the cross for us. At the cross is the meeting point between our relationship with God as well as our broken relationships with one another. And so in this great commandment, who is love? Jesus is for us the great commandment. Jesus is the law. He is that meeting point where the brokenness that we experience with God, our mistrust of God, and the brokenness that we experience between one another, between peoples of this world, 
finds its intersection in the person of Jesus. And there we find the law. That is the law that we are to live and have our lives governed by, the love of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, he forms us into a people. We, the people of God, called together and formed into a more perfect communion of love, and so establishes this great commandment of love so that we might become the citizens of heaven.